0: Everybody glad you're here. I thank God for you. Um, Those of you joining us online, we love you guys. I did that photo booth thing last night with my Debbie. We had to ask a kid to help us. Um, So if you need help, just grab a kid walking by. Um, I'm glad you're here. And if you're here for the first time, man, we're glad God has brought you. You've caught us, our, our church, in this exciting season of celebrating What God is doing here. We call it I Love My Church. And um, it it may feel a little awkward to you today because it's going to be kind of like a family talk, but I want you to listen in. I want you to see the heart and the character of of this church. I've been here for over 40 years. I love these guys, and I I believe God has brought you here uh, for a purpose. Uh, I believe that He wants to give you this in, in this moment, He wants to speak over your life. He wants to speak into your relationships, and he wants to allow you a fresh, a full, a profound, a personal experience of his love. And um, week after week, we've heard people give testimonies on why they love our Lord and why they love our church. And this one's from our campus in Janesville. This is Mitchell. When I saw that video for the first time earlier this week, this is what jumped in my brain. When you make Jesus and his church your priority, Jesus makes you and yours his priority. You notice the the ripple effect it had from Mitchell all the way to his wife, all the way to his child, all the way to his work. When you make Jesus and his church your priority, Jesus makes you the target of his goodness, the target of his compassion. He prioritizes you and yours. Now, um, this priority thing, uh, having thought that, I began to research from every angle about priorities from maybe a a secular point of view, a Christian point of view, and this is what I found. Self-focused priorities create stress and struggle. Like uh, this is how I'm going to invest my time. This is what I'm gonna do in my relationships. This is how I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna use my money. My, 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 my. If you're feeling a bit overstressed, it's likely that your priorities are self-focused. On the other end of the extreme, Jesus focused priorities where we are locked onto him and his work, Jesus' focused priorities produce a sense of peace. He's in control, he is good, he's at work to my good and purpose. With Jesus as our priority, it's like our life has a fresh new meaning. There's a fulfillment that we experience through a real relationship with him as we keep him at the, as the primo priority of our lives. Well, to illustrate this, I wanna introduce you to uh, two women and two men. Let's start with the the, the women. Uh, It just happens that they are sisters. Their names are Mary, Martha, and they, along with their brother, Lazarus, they are like Jesus' best friends. He loves hanging out at their house every chance he gets. I've been to their hometown of Bethany. I've been there a, a few times. It's not necessarily a safe place to be today. But there's this day when Jesus loves to hang out with them. They love having him. Here's how it opens in the word of God. The Bible says that Jesus and his disciples, how many disciples did Jesus have? 12, okay. So there's this 12 guys. That's Jesus, at 13. These 13 guys came to a certain village, Bethany, where a woman named Martha welcomed him. When she welcomes Jesus, she gives 12 other guys into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Martha, she was distracted by the big dinner. She's got to cook. She's got to fix for 16 people. The 12 disciples, Jesus, she, her sister, and her brother. She's distracted by the big dinner she was preparing she came to Jesus. She's like, she stomps out of the kitchen, throws her dish towel down, stomps into Jesus, middle of his teaching, time out, Lord. Lord, don't you, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits there while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Have you ever felt like that? <laughs> you see, when you have self focused priorities, Life seems really unfair. Have you said life is unfair? It feels that way when our focus is on how we feel, on ourselves. When we have self-focused priorities, we play the victim. Oh, poor, pitiful me. When we have self-focused priorities... We think we can boss Jesus around. Jesus, you do this. And Jesus, you do that. So I can get it the way I want it. We've all been there, eh? But when we are there, like Martha was there, maybe we need to hear what Jesus said to Martha. Maybe it just needs to kind of soak into our soul. Here's what happens in the Bible. The Lord answered Martha, my Dear Martha. Now, in the Greek text, it's Martha, Martha. But anytime in that era that a person would use another person's name twice in a row, it was an expression of deep affection, ongoing love. My dear Martha. You worry and fuss about a lot of things. There's only one thing. There's only one thing. There's only one thing you need. Mary has made the right choice. It's a choice, choosing Jesus' priorities, wrenching ourselves free of our self focused priorities, and making Jesus our number one priority. Mary has made the right choice. And look at this look what happens. And that one thing, that one thing, that one thing will not be taken away from her. When you make Jesus your number one priority, no one and nothing can take that from you. In fact, Jesus would go on to teach that when you make him your number one priority, he places you in the hands of God and nothing and no one can snatch you out of God's hand when you are Jesus number one, when Jesus is your number one priority. Um, I watched Mitchell's uh, testimony on video uh, this week, and I read the text about uh, Mary and Martha with Jesus. In fact, in my imagination, after Jesus finished saying to Martha, "Hey, um, your sister has made the right choice." There's only one thing. There's only one thing you you need, and and what Mary has chosen as her one thing will not be taken from her. In my imagination. I see Martha taking a deep breath, sighing alongside, looking Jesus in the eye and saying, yes, Lord, the meal can wait. And I like to think that she just then sat down by her sister and maybe there were apologies and maybe their arms went around each other in a warm embrace as they sat together at the feet of Jesus. You see, Jesus focused priorities. They always pay off with more than enough. It was going to be okay. The meal was going to get fixed. Everybody was going to have enough food. Oh my gosh, last week, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus and Jake. Yeah, I get them mixed up sometimes. (laughs) Jake did a teaching on Jesus feeding the 5,000 out of a little boy's lunch. When you have a Jesus-focused priority, there's always more than enough. I mean, yeah, more than enough physical stuff, but also more than enough stuff you can't see, more than enough stuff that money cannot buy, like hope and joy and peace and healing. Yeah, Jesus-focused priorities always pay off with more than enough. So that's the two women. That's their story. There's one thing. One thing you need, and when you choose, when you make the right choice of the Jesus priority, it pays off with more than enough. Well, the two men, um, all this that I'm sharing with you come out of Dr. Luke's um, account of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And what he does with the two men, he puts them side by side in the text. One guy is in chapter 18, of Luke, and the next guy is laid right down by him in chapter 19, so that we can compare them and see the sharp contrast between them. Now these two men, these two men have a few things in common, they are both Jewish, they are both stinking rich. And they both run to Jesus. I mean run. This is unheard of. This is unprecedented. Men, adult males in that day did not run. It was deemed indignant. I mean, if you got an emergency, send the kid, send a servant, but don't let him see you sweat. But this guy's running. He is running to Jesus. He throws himself. He doesn't give a rip about what anybody says about him behind his back. He doesn't care if people are pointing at him. He didn't care what they think. He's going to get to Jesus some way, somehow. He's getting there as fast as he can. He doesn't want to miss his moment. He runs to Jesus, throws himself down on his knees in an act of worship. And with respect, offers this priority question. He says, good teacher, what must I do to deserve, deserve eternal life. Now us, me and you, we're on this side of the cross. We're on this side of the empty tomb. We're on this side of Jesus. So we know that nobody deserves to go to heaven. Nobody, not me, not you, not anybody. We get to go to heaven sheerly on the grace of Jesus through our faith in him as our risen Lord and savior believing that he died on the cross to pay for our sins. He got our punishment. He was our substitute. He took all the consequences of our sin. In fact, scripture says he was made to be all my sin, all your sin, that we might be made right with God. Nobody deserves to go to heaven. Nobody. But that was the question. What must I do to deserve eternal life? And so Jesus answers his question with a question of his own. He says, well, dude, what are the 10 Commandments? Now Jesus didn't think that doing the, we've all, could I be real with you for a moment? I don't want to ruin your day, but you've already broken all the 10 Commandments, maybe this morning. Because the Bible says you break one, you break them all. I've broken all the 10 Commandments. But Jesus knows this dude is super, super religious. And what he needs is to let go of the religion and to take hold of Jesus. So he says to the guy, Well, what are the Ten Commandments? And the guy's like, Oh man, I love commandments. I've kept those Ten Commandments since I was a kid. Give me another commandment. That's what I want, Jesus. One more commandment. I'm good at commandments. And Jesus said, ah, 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 ah. Jesus looked down at the guy. The Bible says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. It's the way he looks at you. Doesn't matter where you've been with your life, what you've done in your life, how bad, how gross, how vile. He looks at you and loves you. Looks at me and loves me. He looks at my Debbie and I and loves. Uh, so he looked at him and, and loved him. And Jesus said, This one thing, again, the one thing thing, one thing you lack, Jesus said. Go and everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Now, come follow me, that was an important, important phrase back in that day, and everybody knew what it meant. When a rabbi said to someone, come, follow me, they knew that he was saying, hey, I believe in you. I believe you got it in you to be like me. I believe you got it in you to do what I do. Come, follow me. So the guy knew what Jesus was, Implicating what he was meaning. Come, follow me. You see, Jesus could look past the guy's fancy clothes and look to his heart. He could see that this guy, one thing you lack, this guy's financial pro- priorities were all out of whack, that, he, that his finances were his God. Now, that's not hard for me to believe Because money has been my God. And money has been your God. Do you know how to tell when money is your God? Because God speaks to us. The money God speaks to us and, and, and Jesus, God in the flesh, speaks to us. And we make decisions on who we listen to. Here's how you know if money is your God. You think to yourself, I don't have enough. There's not enough for me to give. And if you obey what the God, the money God says, and you don't give, then you know money's your God. Because Jesus says, give, and hey, it'll be given to you. Try to find one time in Scripture, whether it's Jesus or God the Father, gives us the command to give, and there's not a promise attached to it. Jesus says, give, and man, it's gonna be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over and pouring into your lap. It depends on which God you listen to, in all the Bible, we, have, we can find no evidence of Jesus ever saying to anybody else, hey, go home, have a garage sale, a rummage sale, put your stuff online, sell it, and give all the money to the poor. No one. It's just that Jesus knew that this guy had money as his God, and Jesus wasn't even ever gonna come in close second. I think Judas. Judas was one of the twelve guys. He was standing there with the money bag and he was like, Oh oh, oh, wait wait a minute. Because the guy the guy when Jesus said there's one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. The Bible says his face fell, his heart fell. He was very sad. He dropped his head, he turned his back, and he walked away from Jesus. And that while he walks away, Jesus turns to his disciples and this is what happens. You see, this was the last thing that the young man expected to hear. I mean, he was very rich and became terribly sad. The Bible says his face fell. You see, he was holding tight to a lot of things and not about to let them go. Now, before I um, get to Jesus, I just got to remind you that your priorities set the spiritual direction of your life. That's what happened to this guy. Jesus was not the priority, so his direction was face down, back turned, moving away from Jesus. Obviously, obviously you... Your time is a priority. Jesus has priority in your time, and so you showed up today. You, you opened your heart in worship. That, that is evidence that you are placing Jesus as your God and having priority in your life. And here, here's, the, here's the thing. Probably almost everybody here came on purpose. I mean, they came last night because we had free chili, hot dogs, and mac and cheese. But you guys made the decision in advance. That's the way it is with priorities. We decide our priorities in advance. This guy, before he gets on his knees, before he offers the question to Jesus, he has already decided. It's already been decided in his heart that his money, his stuff is number one. If Jesus wants to come along for the ride, that's cool. But it's always about my money. Um, so Jesus says to the guy, hey, Follow me and you're gonna get treasure in heaven. Let me ask you this, is heaven temporary, a temporary place or an eternal place? Eternal. What about money? Is money temporary or eternal? Temporary. If you can see it, everything you can see is temporary. If you can see it, doesn't matter if it's money, the chair you're sitting in, the clothes you're wearing, the person beside you, they got an expiration date on their body. They're temporary, you're temporary. If you can see it, it's temporary. That which you cannot see, the spiritual, that's eternal. Heaven is forever. And so where do we make our priorities? Always prioritize the eternal over the temporary. If Jesus has given, it'll be given to you. Let your priority be on the eternal and trust that Jesus will always take care of you and there will always be more than enough. Um, so, Peter, you remember Peter? Um, he was like me. He spent most of his time with at least one foot in his mouth. And in this moment, as the guy walks away, Peter is like, hey, what about me? What do we get? What's in it for us? We've left everything and followed you. Here's how Jesus responds. Jesus says, you can be sure that anyone who gives... For God's kingdom will be given much more in this life. You're always going to get it back. God's always going to restore. God's always going to resupply. And in the future world, there will be eternal life. Now, one one version of what Jesus said, one of the the books says that Jesus said, you're going to have trouble in this life. And you're going to have trouble anyway. We all have trouble, right? But if Jesus is our number one priority, this troubled world is going to come to an end for us. Just like my dad four months ago, our eyes are going to close in death and instantaneously open in the presence of Jesus. And it is forever and ever doing what we love most with those we love best, all in the presence of Jesus. So whether you are, you know, here for the first time and kind of looking in our church or, Uh, You've been here as long as I have. Um, For the next two years, we are putting our mission out front. We are putting all of our energy, all of our emphasis on knowing Jesus and making him known. So that the entire state line area will become a Christ-like community. Every heart, in every home, on every street, in every neighborhood, touched by the love of Jesus. We're going to go full blast after our mission for the next two years. And so, in this emphasis, I love my church, we're asking our people to pray about their giving to the Lord and his church. You see, when you give to church, it's not like a donation to a nonprofit. My Deb and I, we give every week. Um, 10% of our income belongs to the Lord. It's his, it's holy unto him, the Bible says. So we can't give it to him, we bring it to him because it's already his. we, we, we give like that every week. And uh, we look at our income, figure out the 10% and we bring it every week. And so our, our number one goal in this effort for the next two years is not some financial figure. Our number one goal is 100% participation. That my Debbie and I will fill, we'll pray, ask God what he wants us to give you don't have to really guess. The Bible tells you exactly how much you want to give. What the guesswork is if you want to give more than the Bible says. And so we'll pray as we have for years over in issues like this. And God will give us an agreement and that's what we'll do. And that's what our people are doing right now. We have prayer guides, 21 days of prayer. And I'll just be real with you. Rarely has God spoken to me when I ask him for something in that moment. Sometimes it takes three days, sometimes three weeks, sometimes three months before I hear from the Lord, though it's usually in the shower. Just kidding. But we want you praying over your commitment card every day. Just say, God, what do you want me to do? And listen for God to speak. And whatever God tells you, that's That's what you do. We just want everybody to ask God, listen to God, and do what God says 100%, 100% participation. That's what we're looking for, number one goal. And so I just want to help you. I just tell you this about me. I am form-phobic. I have some kind of weird phobia, I'm getting treatment, I'm taking medication, um, but I freak out over forms. When we're, we're gonna get some kind of shot, like at the pharmacy, Debbie's gotta read it because I'm blind, I gotta help her fill in hers, she helped me fill in mine, I but I hate it. So I'm gonna help you with your form, just because I love you. Here's a picture, this is our commitment card. On the left side, uh, you put your name, like Batman uh, has his name and phone number, Batman's email address and address and then at the top um line of the other Yeah, on the blue there, um, where Batman must make $1,000 a week. So he's bringing $100 a week to the Lord. Under that, there's a place for you to check whether you give weekly like Deb and I do, or maybe um, you're on Social Security and you you receive your Social Security benefits monthly, and your gift would be monthly, or maybe for tax benefits you give annually. But you just check which one it's going to be. On the next line, um, this summer, I... (laughs) Mitchell, um, that spoke earlier in the video at our Janesville campus. Our Janesville campus was initially launched at the Holiday Inn um, in Janesville. And it was tough to send our singles class to hotel rooms um, for, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But at the at the Holiday and that's where we first started our campus in Janesville. Then we moved, if you're from Janesville or know about it, to the Pontiac Center where we were for a long time. And then there was this church, had a beautiful property, beautiful building. It's just that as they came through COVID, um, they just shrunk down to a few dozen uh, people, let's say 40 people. And they they couldn't afford the place anymore. And so they approached us and said, if you'll come here and worship on Sunday and pay all the bills, we'll worship on Saturday night. And so we did. And then they got to the point, they just couldn't go on anymore. And they um, said, we're gonna sell the building. We've got to sell it. Uh, We're approaching you first. And so we did what we're suggesting that you do. We, We ask God. And we listened for God, but as we listened, we made the decision through the lens of our mission to know Jesus and make him known. We want to see Janesville transformed into a Christ-like community. And so through that lens, listening to our God after our prayer, we said yes. And and we stepped out in faith, took the risk, and and purchased that property. I, I think it's 10 acres of land, beautiful building that church went from averaging 170 people on the weekend before COVID to now over 270 people on the weekend. Praise the Lord. So that now a part of our, that big offering where the $600 is, that's to replenish, help replenish our reserves. Um, that were expended to purchase uh, that property. And typically here, we have a big Christmas love offering. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars that our people give to go to orphanages or hurting places in the world. Um, But this year, um, it will go to our vision and uh, it'll launch it. And then at the bottom, you just add everything together, what it's gonna be giving for a year, your love offering. And that evidently totals out to $11,000 yeah, that stuff too. Do that. That part you tear off and keep. Um, so, we had the two women, and we had one man, the guy called the Rich Young Ruler. Before I get to the other man, I want to ask you a question What would it look for, like for you if you made Jesus your number one priority? I had a, a lady come forward at prayer time um, at the end of last service and she shared what was going on in her life and I said to her before I began to pray with her is, is Jesus your Lord? Have you, made, have you accepted him as your Savior? Have you been baptized? And um, what, how she answered is between me and her. But it was a question about priority. What would your life look like? What would your finances look like? What would your emotions look like? What would your friends and family look like if Jesus was your number one priority? Well, it happened for another guy. He was rich. He was Jewish. (laughs) He didn't give a rip about commandments. He was a greedy crook. He was a vile sinner. And his friends were like him and his other friends were prostitutes. And that's how he did his life. And he was happy with it until he heard about Jesus. He ran to Jesus. He ran and climbed up a tree to see Jesus. His name was Zacchaeus. And um, when Jesus came that way and saw Zacchaeus, you know that rich young ruler guy? We don't know his name. He appears in three of the gospel accounts of Jesus. Never is his name mentioned. He just fades into history with no... Jesus saw him as having no identity, but when he sees Zacchaeus, he doesn't know Jesus, Zacchaeus, but he, he, knows, he knows to call him by name. He says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree because I must go into your house today. Well, Zacchaeus shimmies down the tree because you see, in that day, if someone allowed you into their home, it meant that you were a trusted friend. And if someone offered to sit or recline at table with you, it meant that they were your best friend friend. And that's what happens with Jesus. He steps across the threshold of Zacchaeus' home. Zacchaeus, I don't know if he had servants, if he went to the fridge. But he and Jesus reclined at table. Tables in that day had no legs. They had cushions around them. They reclined and and ate. I I don't know what they had uh, as a meal. I don't know what went on between them. I, I just know That on the basis of Zacchaeus and his conversation with Jesus, he made Jesus the number one priority in his life. How do I know? Here's what the Bible said. Zacchaeus, he was reclining. He gets up off the cushions. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Jesus doesn't ask him for a dime. He sees that his heart has changed. He sees that Jesus has been made the number one priority in his life but just as irrefutable evidence, Jesus, that you are number one. I repent of all that I've done. I was so gross. I was so greedy. I was so wrong. I tell you right now, I'm standing before you, Jesus, and I'm promising to give half my wealth to the poor. Jesus, still reclining, looks up at Zacchaeus and says this. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, you and your family have been saved today. You and your, yeah, Zacchaeus is the one who made the decision. Zacchaeus is the one who made Jesus his priority. Zacchaeus is the one who stood up and said it, and yet look at the ripple effect. Making Jesus his number one priority rippled into his marriage, rippled into his children, rippled into his grandchildren. You and your family have been saved. And do you see that brings us full circle? to where we started, the tattoo that you're going to get on your left thigh this week. When you make Jesus and his church your priority, Jesus makes you and yours his priority. Would you stand with me, please? I want to pray a prayer blessing over all of you. Uh, But when my prayer is over and as our band leads us, I'm gonna come off the stage and I'll be down here to pray with you personally as will Jake and others of our staff or our prayer leaders. But let me begin with a prayer blessing over this gathered audience in person and online. Would you bow with me, please? Our Father in heaven, your name is Holy Lord. Would you, would you provide protection by the power of your name for everyone in this room? As, as each makes you their priority, Jesus, make them the target of your supply, your love, your grace, your mercy, your compassion, your everlasting kindness, your unshakable, unfailing love. Lord Jesus, we dream of the day when 100% of our people have made you their number one priority. What would our church look like? What impact would we have for your name and your kingdom, Lord? Lord Jesus, let that day come. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.